A key verse for our year, it comes out of Psalms 111. Let me read this. I like to do, keep this in front of us. It says in verse 4, New Living, He causes us to remember His wonderful works. He has shown His great power to His people by giving them the lands of other nations. I love that. That's our key theme for this year, that God is the God of the impossible and what He, you know, you can say uh, impossible, you can change that word to miracles and it's the same but sometimes some of us have been in church so long you say he's the god of miracles oh yeah so let's change it to where it makes us rethink what we know it's okay to rethink what you know some of us been walking around some amazing things that god has brought into our lives and we forget them because we've walked by them so much and the things that are special sometimes can become common and that's a dangerous thing. We've got to sometimes stop, pause, and rethink what we know, maybe from a different perspective. Because when you get hit in life and the challenges of life or the storms of life, if you're not careful, you'll drop what you need to hang on to the most. And we've got to remember that he is the God of the impossible. And that is what the Lord placed on my heart for this year. We're going to keep saying that. Why? Because God forbid if there ever... The devil ever pokes you, the first thing I want out of your mouth is, he's the God of the impossible. Not the, oh God, why me? Oh no, why, why now? I want you just to speak the word, just like Jesus. When the devil would tempt him, he would say, it is written. You're going to walk out anytime you face it. The devil tries to intimidate you. You're going to stand tall, pull your shoulders back and say, uh-uh, I serve the God and he's the God of the impossible. And this is no big deal. We just got a report this week from a lady, and, and I'm not saying this as a promotional thing. This is the real deal. God is doing something special this year. Th- things are just happening. People getting saved, people being ministered to, our outreach is increasing and growing, new people coming in on a regular basis, church is growing, uh, uh, prayers being answered, miracles happening. This week had a lady uh, sent in a message, had been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, went back to the doctor after being prayed for, no more cancer. Come on, somebody. We serve the God of the impossible. That might not make you shout, but if it was your doctor's report... you would be shouting and dancing. Come on, somebody. We got to praise, praise the Lord. He is the God of the impossible. He is not a respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he's doing for all because it's all done on the cross of Calvary. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We worship you. We love you. We honor you today, Father God. Lord Jesus, we vow to give you all the praise and the glory, all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you are planning on doing and working behind the scenes for our good. We thank you for destiny and purpose. We thank you for your joys, our strength. Touch the hearts and lives of your people today, Father God. I thank you. Bless them. Encourage them. I do not know what they are going through or what they're facing or opportunities they might be standing in front of, but you know all things. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus for you to touch them, strengthen them, encourage them. Whatever they need today, we pray for the bread of heaven. What they need today to help them be who you've called them to be, to help them do what you've called them to do, to help them reach those you've called them to reach, to help them have what you've called them to have. 
Father, I thank you. Your word says in Proverbs that wisdom is, gives witty ideas and, and inventions. So I speak insight and wisdom and creative ideas in the minds of people that need them, that walk through the door, maybe woke up thinking, what am I going to do about this? Father, I thank you for the wisdom from heaven. Holy Spirit, you are the genius from heaven. You know all things. Guide and direct each and every one of us, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, and everyone said, Amen. Say, he's the God of the impossible. Say, he is the God of the impossible, and he's doing the impossible for me. You got to hear that. You gotta, I encourage you to say that every morning. You're brushing your teeth, spit, then look in the mirror and say, he's the God of the impossible. If you do it while you got it, it'll look like you're foaming, then you have a bad memory. You won't hear what you're saying. But say, he's the God of the impossible. And he's doing the impossible for me. Today. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's the God of the impossible. And he's doing the impossible for you today. Come on, if you believe that, give him a praise. You're like, oh, I'm not going to say that. I, 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 well, you don't have to say it. That's between you and Jesus. But if you want what God has for you, what you're saying makes a big difference. If you want what God has for you, if you want to do, and that's what we believe in the John 10, 10 dynamic life. Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And the word life in the Greek is the Greek word. We've said this many times. It's a foundational truth at Hope Church. The word Life in the Greek is zoe, Z-O-E, zoe, the zoe, the God quality of life. It's not the um, I'm waking up in the morning, I'm breathing, I'm going through the routine. No, it's God's quality. God wants you to be distinctly different than the world. Their scripture says that though you are in the world, you are not of the world. Why? Because God wants you to be distinctly different than the world. Peter says that you are peculiar people. That doesn't mean you're weird. In King James, it might, you might think when you read King James, it means you're weird. And we've all come across some weird people in the church world. But God's not weird. Jesus is not weird. Jesus doesn't make people weird. Weird people show up in church, but weird people show up everywhere. Weird people go to restaurants. Weird people go to the bank. Weird people go to the doctors. There's weird people everywhere, but you don't blame those places because there's the weird people there. I'm never going to the doctor again. I was in the lobby, and in the lobby, it was a weird person. Welcome to the world. There's weird people. Don't... I'm never going to Chick-fil-A again because there is a weird person eating there. There's not weird people working there. And everybody from Chick-fil-A said, when did you start working at Chick-fil-A? <clears throat> so you can't, you can't blame Jesus for weird people that show up. But what he means by peculiar, literally, it, is that you, you will stand a cut above the rest. That doesn't mean that you're, you walk around feeling that, that you're better than people or you're narcissistic or you're like oh those are just no no we love people but you realize that as a child of God you're exempt from what the world has you can say listen the world might be freaking out but I don't have to freak out the world might be stressing out but I don't have to stress out now you might be dealing with stress but that's okay you can resolve it and stand up against it because you have a right what is that right you're a child of God and he's provided for you a God quality of life so that you are distinctly different than the rest of the world a lot of us thought the only thing that made us different is that we went to church on Sunday oh Christians go to church not a lot of people go to church 
and they're not serving God. And that's what sometimes has hurt people that don't go to church. What's the old phrase? There's a lot of people that don't go to church. One reason is because they don't know anybody that goes to church. The other reason is because they know somebody who goes to church. (laughs) But to be distinctly different doesn't mean that you're below or that you are second class or that you're arrogant. It means that we understand that our covenant is different. Where the world has no say, you have a say. Where the world has no rights, you have a right. See, if you know your, your citizenship as an American, when you go in, when somebody begins to violate your rights, you can say, wait a minute, you don't have a right to do that. I'm an American citizen. I know my constitutional rights. If you don't know them, you need to know them. If somebody ever tries to violate the, that, you don't just endure it. You say, wait a minute, you don't have a right here. I know my rights. If someone tries to violate your rights, you know to speak up. You know to make it known. You know to stand against it. Why? Because they are violating your rights. You know your rights. But most people, if they don't realize it, in this book, it gives you your rights as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You're a child of God. You are part of a new family, a new citizen. And though we are, we are on this earth, excuse me, we're on this earth, we are not of this earth. That's why I tell people, listen, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, whatever. At the end of the day, you should be a Christian. If those parties override your position in the kingdom of God, there's something wrong. And in the kingdom of God, you're supposed to love people, not hate people. Pray for people, not curse people. Sometimes we get around the wrong people and we become what we were not designed to be. Until you wake up and say, wait a minute, why am I, why am I walking around at this level when God's called you to fly at a different level? All I'm saying is what is available to you. Well, I knew somebody went to church, and that didn't work for them. Well, that's between them and Jesus. I can't force feed people, and I'm not your Jesus. All I can do is tell you what the Bible says is available to you, and that you receive it, Hebrews 6.12 and Hebrews 11.33, says, by faith. But what I want you to understand is that God wants you to be distinctly different. Oh, I'm afraid what's coming down. You know, even in, in the, back in the day, back in the day when when they were in Egypt and God was beginning to break them out of that and all the things that Moses was saying, you know, I mean, flies, the, the blood, the, all the stuff happening, all these curses that were coming on Egypt was against the gods of Egypt and the people that worshiped them. But the Bible, look it up. Don't take my word for anything. Look it up because in Goshen, they didn't endure it. That's where they lived. All that stuff that was happening in Egypt wasn't happening at the place when they would go home. It's quiet. Why? They were exempt. Why? Because God wants you to be distinctly different. The world should see us distinctly different. Not that based on our hair or clothes. Or based on a collar or title. We should be carrying something that we don't have to say it. Hello, let me introduce myself. I am brother, elder, bishop, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, world-renowned, international, leader. If you do that here, we're going to love you, and then we're going to give you a list of the ten best churches you need to go to. Because our philosophy around here is what would you rather have? The titles, and all, I mean, people will get caught up in titles, and they'll start giving each other's titles. 
or do you want the anointing? See, I'm a firm believer that what, what needs to happen in our day and age is not people having to self-promote, but people begin to release what God has in them because all of a sudden, if, some, if all of a sudden you, you pray for somebody who's blind and they see nobody cares about your title, but they all know you're carrying something. When you pray for their marriage, you pray for their health, you pray, and all of a sudden, they'll know that you're distinctly different. They'll know, boy, if you got a problem, you need to go to that person, because when they pray, you don't have to put a sign on your window saying, super anointed person here. If you have to promote your anointed, you're probably not that anointed. Lord, I wish I could sing. Someone said, Pastor, when you preach, you need to. I said, I can't sing. I can't sing. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Look to your neighbor and say, You are distinctly different from the rest of the world. And that's a good thing. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. You are distinctly different. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. The scripture tells us the first Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. The Lord dropped some things on my heart uh, this past Sunday, and we're going to continue. And it seems like uh, people asked me the other day, how long are we going to be in this series? And I, I answered, I really don't know. I really don't know, because the moment I think I'm finishing up, the Lord drops another thought in my spirit, and I begin to say it, and then I got to dig it out in the Word, and then I want to keep going with it, and we'll just follow the Lord. We'll ride this wave until the Holy Spirit says, get off this wave and ride another one. How's that? And some churches, can they do a full year ahead of schedule, and you can look and see when they're doing what. Good for them. God bless them. That's not me. I'm just going to ride, ride this wave until the Lord says, don't ride that. Let's try something different. And I'm okay. We'll do whatever you want, Lord. Notice again, but the last Adam, say the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. Now, you know what that, where that word life comes from? It comes from the Greek word zoe. The same life, the same word. It comes from God's quality of life. Jesus is a life Giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. So if, if he's our Lord and Savior, right, we should have received, we receive from him, since he's life-giving, we would receive that life. Again, I like to think of it this way, and, I, and I used, it was funnier when we were fasting, but I still like the illustration. But if you've ever eaten chocolate cake, Don't get hungry on me. And I, it's too late. Wow, you must have really hungry. And anytime you've eaten chocolate cake for me, I've had, and I have tried a lot of different, I pride myself in the amount of different chocolate cakes I've eaten. And there are some that are good, some that are not so good, and some that are just crazy good. And one thing I've noticed is the ones that are not so good and, and I don't understand why this all works out, but it, when you eat one that's not so good, it's real dry. You know what I'm talking about? The icing's not real flavor, not rich in the flavors. Not, I mean, it's just kind of, 
no, no flavor, no, nothing to be thought of, blah. But you get a hold of a piece of cake that's really good. Like you go to a real nice steakhouse, and you get a piece of their chocolate cake. I was at a real nice steakhouse the other day, and I thought, I'm going to get the chocolate cake. And I have, no, it was actually another cake. It was carrot cake, chocolate cake, carrot cake. It's close enough, they're all cake when you get to these restaurants. And so I was, carrot cake is my favorite cake. Don't make it for me, though, because if I don't know who you are, I'm throwing it away. But now that we know, uh, I just don't know. You just don't know. God love everybody. Pray for me. I, pray for me. And so I ordered carrot cake, and then I, then I happened to look. You know, one of the things they messed up in the world of restaurants is someone had the brilliant idea of putting the calorie count on the edge of. Come on now. Don't ruin this experience for me. I get the cake. It was beautiful. And then I looked on it, 1,780 calories. So I ordered two. If you're going, you got it. just cool. No, I'm joking. I didn't order two. I didn't order two. But you know, when you, when you take a bite of a really nice, it is super rich. It's flavorful. It's like one bite and you have to savor it for a little bit. You might not even like milk, but you want milk that day. Why? Because it's high quality. High quality. God wants you to know that you are, because you are in the bloodline, the Zoe quality of life is a, the God quality of life is not a weak quality, it's a rich quality, high quality. It carries some calories with you. Come on, somebody. Have you ever talked to somebody you knew that you love them, but you know they were a low calorie type of person? You know what I mean? I'm not talking about fitness, I'm just talking about. Okay, God wants you to be a high calorie. That doesn't mean weight by any means. It means quality, rich, zoe, God life. In him is life. Notice, and he is life-giving. He's life, say he's life-giving. So that's why I like to say in Jesus, the best is always yet to come. And I can back that up through scriptures. Proverbs 4, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. In Jesus, the, the best is always yet to come. You should never hit a point of, I've, I've hit a climax, I've hit a peak, I've hit a, a mark, and I'll never, this is as good as it gets. You should never live your life with a mindset that uh, while you're on this side of eternity, eternity, this is as good as it gets. It might be as good as it gets in other fields, but when it comes to God, God can change the quality of your life and keep opening doors, keep giving you wisdom, keep encouraging you, keep blessing you. In Him, the best is yet to come. Don't, let me just talk to some of our wise but older members. Never let the enemy tell you that all you need to do is focus on where you've been. Open your mind to let God show you where He's taking you, because what is ahead of you is still amazing. Can I get it? Amen. We got a crazy mindset that you hit a certain age, you got to retire and let all the younger people do it. No, no, no. You got to keep going. The Bible says that you are flourishing, producing fruit in your season. In every season, even in old age, you should be producing, making a change. Can I get an amen? And all the seniors said, well, you're just going to be in every club today, aren't you? Jesus is a life-giving spirit. That not only means an impartation into our life, but if we understand in 1 Corinthians 12 that we are part of the body of Christ, then that makes us in that same system that we become givers of life. What I ended on last Sunday, I want to bring into this Sunday, 
we ended on this, and I'm starting with this today, is that a lot of times in the church world, we struggle because we struggle walking around in a position, a posture of receiving. And we struggle with wanting God to fill our cup, Lord, fill me up, Lord, and not realizing that in the New Testament, the system of God to pour it through you doesn't come by you just positioning yourself to receive, but releasing the life of God that he's got in you to pour through you. Are you listening to me? You fill my cup and it runs over, David said. We'll spend hours praying for our needs. Oh, God, here I am. Fill me. And we'll miss out on the reality that if you want something, that God created a system. And it's hooking into what God does, the way the king does it. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. And we have gone to church for years. We have given offerings and not seen everything added to us. And we're wondering why. Jesus, I'm serving you. I keep you number one. Why am I not seeing everything added to you? Because we have to understand that in the context of the kingdom, seeking it first not only makes going to church a priority and it should be but it's understanding how the king operates and the way the king operates is if you want to receive you got to release if you want to receive you got to release Like the widow with the oil, she could not receive the miracle of what she needed by positioning her bowl in a posture or position of receiving. She had to do it in a position of pouring. Why? Because the weight of the miracle she needed was too great for her to handle in her own ability. And what am I telling you? And what am I speaking a blessing over your life? Because the miracle that God has for you to do in this life is too heavy, too great, too amazing for you to contain it within your own ability. As long as you're trying to build your life instead of saying God I make myself available he wants to build in you and through you a life that's bigger a life that's better a life that's greater than you could ever do on your own ability he's not wanting you to take a step back he's wanting to bring you a step up so that you begin to say this is a life that I could never do on my own ability it doesn't mean that you sit back and sleep and do nothing to let God handle it faith without works is dead but you have the mindset that where I'm going is greater for my eye has not seen, have you heard this verse? And my ear has not heard, neither has entered my heart the things that God has prepared for you, but he will reveal them to you by his spirit through the word of God. Why do you need a revelation? Because you know what you can do, but you have no understanding of where God wants to take you until you begin the journey. I trust you. If you don't trust the little, you'll never trust on the big. If you don't manage well on the little, you'll never manage big, uh, manage well on the big things. Why? Because God wants you to know that if you'll trust me and follow me, even on the smaller areas, I am preparing you. I am developing you because I want you to walk on water where everybody's is riding in the boat. I want you to speak to a mountain when everybody's digging a well. I want you to do what nobody else can do so that people see that I am still the God of the impossible. And in this day and age, not in 2000 BC not in when Jesus was around but in this day and age that he is still doing the impossible for you by doing the impossible through you if you believe that give the Lord a praise you are a life giving we're part of the body of Christ therefore we are givers of life we are givers of life 
You want to change your life? Don't wake up trying to find what you can get from people. Begin to wake up and say, Lord, this is your day. You've created it. I make myself available. Use me where you want to use me. Help me to be a blessing to other people. If you want to be blessed, start being a blessing. Given it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give. Why? Because you gave. You release it, and what you've released comes back to you. This is just not about money. The Bible says, to him who wants friends must show himself to be friendly. It's a principle of the kingdom. You must initiate in the natural and release what God has given you. I do not have that, but what I do have, I can give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. What was he doing? He was releasing what he did have. Notice the phrasing, what I do have. What I do have. God never makes a deposit in you so that he can come back and find it still there. He makes a deposit in you so when he he comes back he wants to see an increase what have you done at least you would have released it to the bankers and i would got interest what is he saying don't hold on to what i've given you release what i'm giving you because what i give you is not the end it's only the seed the beginning am i talking to somebody the word of god matthew 13 tells me that the word of god is a seed when god gives you a seed he's not wanting you to chew on a seed the taste of a seed is never pleasing but what he knows is inside the seed if you have handle the seed well guess what's coming down the road it's the fruit and on the fruit you're going to enjoy the fruit you can make some pies with that fruit you can feed some families with that fruit you can make a difference and plant more with that fruit but he wants to get you to the place of fruit but what does he start you with a seed He'll give you a word. He'll give you a scripture. He'll give you the truth. He'll start you off with something small. Not that you have to make the boundaries of managing the little. Why do I only have so little? Because you see, the little is the end of the journey. And that the little is the beginning of what God can do. You're trying to micromanage the seed to make it into a banquet. And God said, listen, I've given you a banquet, but you only see a seed. And you're trying to divvy that seed up. And I'm telling you, release the seed to a place that it can produce. Don't hold it in your hand. Don't put it in a cloth. Don't hide it in a drawer. Don't take the light and hide it. No, release it to benefit those around you. Make it available to be a benefit. Put it in the seed in the ground. Put the seed in the ground. Put the seed in the ground. And Matthew 13 says that when the man comes the kingdom of God it says a man who put a seed in the ground and he comes and goes and does not know how it happens but he knows it works you don't have to understand how this works you don't have to understand the, the, all the details of it I wish I would just, listen I don't understand how my TV works but I like watching it I, I'm just telling you you don't have to figure it out some of us want to figure it out all I'm telling you figure it out later obey it today if God said it, his, the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, verse 9 and 10. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he says, I got a kingdom, and I want to start you off. And he never starts anybody off with a banquet. He starts them off with the seed. He never starts them off with the, the banquet of the fruit. He starts them off with the seed. He doesn't start you off with enough to pay the debt. He starts you off with a little bottle of oil. He doesn't start you with a, a meal, a banquet to feed you for a long time. He starts you with a little flour and a little bit of oil to make a little meal. And in your mind, in the mind of the widow woman, before she met the prophet, her plans was to take the little she had and, and make it into a meal, consume it, and then die. And what am I telling you? If all you see from God is what you get from God is for you to be consumed, the other stage of your planning will be death. 
But when you begin to say, wait a minute, there's something greater. I have to release it. This is not an offering. We're not taking up an offering. This is the rhythm of life. Quit letting the devil steal the Zoe quality of life because you think everybody's trying to get something from you. you got to begin to say, wait a minute, God, what do I have? What have you put in my life? Because I want to give life to other people. Say, I'm a life giver. When you release God's life, Galatians chapter 6, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, what he releases, he's going to reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And guess what that word life means in the original? The zoe, it's the Greek word used. He will reap a quality of life. He will reap a quality of life. John 6, verse 63. Are you with me today? Are you receiving anything today? So he's the God of the impossible. And he's doing the impossible for me. You say, well, I'm waiting for him to do it. You know, the Bible tells us that in the Old Testament, pray for rain. Pray for the latter rain. Pray for rain, and God will send the clouds. That used to bug me because they didn't pray for clouds. They prayed for rain because they needed a harvest. They needed rain. They prayed for rain. They prayed specifically, and you need to pray specifically. Don't pray generally. You need to have a scripture. You need to, have, you need to know exactly what you're praying for. I want a man. Well, what kind of man? You marry the wrong man. You're going to be saying, I don't want that one. It's too late now. You're what are you doing? You better pray specifically. Come on, somebody. I need a car. What kind of car? You get some car. Oh, my friend said they're selling a car. Must be God. Might not be. That might be a piece of junk. You better find out. They said, pray for, pray for rain. They, they prayed for rain because they needed rain because the rain provided the system for a harvest, because they've already planted the seed. Their seed is out there. Their seed's been planted. The ground's been tilled. The work has been done. And now they're waiting. They're waiting on heaven to move. They're waiting for heaven to do what only heaven can do. They could try to go get some water, but the, the best water for Israel was always the rain that came from heaven. They had different systems still to this day so they can utilize water and to function. But the best quality water is the water that comes from heaven. And so they would till the ground. They plant the seeds. Seeds planted. And some of you I'm talking to, that you have done what you've known to do. You have planted the seed. You have obeyed God. You have done the work. You've, yeah, and you're waiting for God. And the Bible says, having done all, The Bible, they says, they prayed for rain. They prayed for the latter rain, and God sent the clouds. We don't need clouds, God. We need rain. Because we want those plants, they, the, and, and for rain, to, I mean, needs to water them. And then we need sun to allow them to grow. We need rain. Don't send clouds. But God knew something that they didn't always understand, is that he's going to send them the system that produced what they needed. It might be an opportunity. God sent the prophet who needed food to a widow 
And if you think from the carnal mindset, you would think, God, a widow who has nothing, who's about to die? I'm hungry. And she doesn't have enough just for her and her little son, and they're going to eat it and die? God, couldn't you send me to somebody who was rich? But he knew where God was sending them. In God's system, it doesn't always match up. Two plus two doesn't always equal four. I need a miracle financially, and you sent me to somebody that has nothing. But he knew that God knew something that he didn't understand. You don't need to understand everything. You just need to know that God knows what you don't know. Because you're praying, Lord, I need some peace. And God will, you'll find your routine interrupted with somebody who's crying. Lord, I don't need someone who's crying. I need somebody to encourage me. I need somebody to build me up. And you sent into my path. I've been praying the steps of the righteous order of the Lord. Oh, God, I need somebody to encourage me today. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring somebody into my path. And God brings somebody who needs encouragement. And you're like, you don't understand. That's not the place I want to draw encouragement from. And the Bible saying, and God is saying, you don't understand the way the system works. My system works different than the world system. You're looking, because even the, even the prophet with the widow, what you don't understand if you read the whole story uh, in, in more depth, in detail you'll find that not only was it wasn't for a meal it wasn't for a meal it was for many meals God made a multiple supply for her her son and the prophet she fed him until the time was over and the rain had come God's not trying to get you to a place of being blessed he's trying to tap you into a flow of blessing that lasts beyond a moment of an experience. Because some of us can shout great on Sunday, but we're crying loud on Monday. And God wants to tap you into his flow, his kingdom flow, so that when you look at it from the natural, you're like, it makes no sense. I'm looking for a cheerleader, and you sent to me somebody who's depressed. And God said, you don't understand. You begin to speak life to those who are depressed, and I'm going to flow through you, but you're going to also receive too. Lord, I need, I'm just, I, I, need, I need somebody to just love me. And God will send somebody who's unlovable to you. That's not the way I planned it. God said, I know, but you are looking from your level. I'm looking from my level. If you can know that I know something you don't know, then trust me enough. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path and he'll walk you right into a situation where someone needs something and you're wanting what they need and you want to say why don't we join together and we'll both get it no that's not the purpose the purpose is for you to release life into them to release life into them why because you're like I need life myself you forgot you are defining the measure of life based on what you feel what you hear and what you see I'm here to tell you that your life is based on who you are and inside you is the temple you are the temple of the most high God Jesus is on the inside the Holy Spirit's on the inside you've got to open the doorway and let the flood of heaven let 
the flood of heaven, let the flood of heaven out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He spoke of the spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But once he's been glorified, he came. And Jesus told the disciples, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, then I'll send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is in you. He resides in you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you're looking for someone to give you a little cup of water when there is a river on the inside of you. What am I telling? If you want to get wet, don't wait for someone to splash you with a sprinkle. Open up, open up, and let the river flow out of you. Let the river flow out of you. And he's got enough oil to fill the pot. He's got enough oil to wet the ground. He's got enough oil because the supply of the miracle is Based on the miracle worker, and he is a God that has no end. If you believe that, take 30 seconds and give him a praise. Hallelujah. I serve a living God. I serve the God of the impossible. You ought to walk through the halls of your house. And when the devil's telling you, you're going to die, you walk over through the halls, lifting your feet, saying, I serve the God of the impossible. I serve the God of the impossible. I'm praising him. I will not die, but I will live. And I'll declare the works of the Lord. I serve the God of the impossible. I am not going under. I'm going over. I'm the head and not the tail. This is going to be a story someone's going to remember. This is going to be a story somebody remembers. Psalms 1 of his words will be remembered. This is going to be remembered. You got to give him a praise. I know there's greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to get blessed by blessing God. Hallelujah. I'm going to get blessed by blessing people. Hallelujah. Because the river's on the inside. Release the river. Release the anointing. And let God rise up big in your life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. Hallelujah. Side note, I want you to know, for our first-time guests or anybody who's relatively new, I'm not trying to manipulate and maneuver the storyline for your acceptance or your applause. I look at it this way. I walk in here looking for the Holy Spirit, and I, we, we together are going somewhere. We get into the truth. We get the anointing. We get the revelation. We're going somewhere. Come on, somebody. If you think I just come to encourage you and give you something so you are impressed by me, you are crazy. I come in here because I'm walking the halls and areas of my life saying, God, you are more than enough. We are all serving the same God, living the same earth. And I'm telling you that, come on, give him a praise. He's the God of the impossible. You might ask, Pastor, how do I release this life? Last verse. Maybe, maybe not. Gospel of John chapter 6, verse 63. says, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Guess what that word life there in the Greek means? Zoe. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words 
I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And again, that word life there in the Greek is zoe. The words, what is Jesus saying? It's the Holy Spirit and my word. It's the anointing and it's the truth of the revelation of God's word. How do you release the life-giving power of God? His words are life. They are spirit and they are life. They are spirit. Let me encourage you. Next time you're with somebody and the Holy Spirit places on your heart, don't do stuff just because you think it's a creative thing. Let the Lord guide you. I've had times where I'm talking to people that I know who know better, but in the middle of a storm, sometimes you forget. Again, we can walk by what we've known that we once called sacred, and it's been so common. We forgot. And I've, I've been in conversations over the years with people, and I begin to talk to them, and they go on through a hard time, and they begin to tell me one thing after another thing after another thing in the negative. What's wrong? And all of a sudden, it just come out of my spirit. Wait a minute. That's not, the, that's not what the Bible says. You're a, man of, you're a man of God. You're a woman of faith. The Bible says, and I begin to speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Iron sharpens iron, the countenance of a friend to another. Why? Because we got to hold our, each other accountable. Wait a minute. That's not what the Bible says about you. You're the head and not the tail. I know you might be feeling rejected and busted and disgusted and no one loves you, but I'm telling you, you are, his, you are the apple of his eye. I know the, the Bills are there, and the pressure of debt's rising. But I'm telling you, you are the blessed of the Lord. And this is not the end of your story. What are we doing? We are encouraging. We are releasing the word into the life of other people. We are speaking life. I know you got a bad doctor's report, but I want you to know I'm standing with you. And I'm telling you, by his stripes, 1 Peter 2.24, you were, therefore you are healed. Matthew 15.26, that the healing is bred for you as his child. I'm here to tell you, Mark 8, that he is taking that infirmity. I'm telling you, Psalms 103, verse 3, that he is taking diseases from you. I'm telling you that he is, are you listening to me? You begin to speak into people's lives. You're saying, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I didn't say you have to preach. You don't have to sound like me, look like me, or talk like me. But what you need to do is be you and let God give you the word and begin to speak the life of God, the life of God, the life of God. Begin to say what God is saying. Begin to speak the life of God. What are you doing? You are releasing, you are opening up that river that's on the inside. And here, again, that's the problem. A lot of church goers today around the world that are going to church, the, most of them, they walk and come into church and all they think about is what I can get. And they release it and they, it's like, they, the, here I am, Jesus. Can I say something that's a little bit controversial, but you got to stay in the middle of the ground for me. All right? Every truth, it's like a road. Every truth has ditches on either side. That's why you stay in the middle of the road. Don't go to extremes. And if we're not careful, even in our, our camp, in our world, in our whatever you want to call it, you see, what are we? I don't even know. I just believe the Bible. I just love Jesus and believe the Bible. I believe in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. I think people have taken a lot of things and made them weird. But I got good friends and people that I know and respect in ministries. And if, if it was always about coming to church and me laying my hands on you for you to be filled. Now it's getting quiet. Stay with me. Somehow we've created a, a perception that the epitome, the ideal life is maybe going to church every night and having hands laid on me and getting a fresh and filling. Am I against a fresh and filling? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. So don't walk away saying, Pastor doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost anymore. No, no. Do I believe in laying on hands? Absolutely. But what we have done is created a mindset that the, the epitome, see how quiet, see how quiet God is coming to church. It's like, man, if I go to church every night, I could just sit and soak. And I, am I saying it's wrong? No, you should have times of your life that you're sitting and soaking. You should have times. All right, listening. And some of the most anointed men and women of God that are in that, that circle with us, I believe we're in that camp. I'll say it this way. They lay hands on a lot of people, but do you see a lot of people laying hands on them? I'm not saying we shouldn't lay hands on people. Don't, do not walk out of here and say that. What, 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 is hap- what, what happens? Well, if you only come and all you do is go to church and to receive, you're going to miss out on some stuff because there's a greater level. Look at the people that are operating that ministry. What is the greater level? Just not receiving, but releasing. They're praying for people. Now, they can't dictate on who comes and who doesn't come, and I understand that. So it's not their fault, and I'm not diminishing their ministry at all. But I'm saying, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll draw the mindset, the ideal scenario is that I need to go to church and just sit and soak in the presence of God and have somebody pray for me. And that's wonderful. You need to have those times. But if that's all you have, you'll walk away thinking you've reached the top, and I'm telling you, you are just beginning. There's a level above that. What is the level above that? You releasing what God's doing in you and to go through you to other people. You lay hands on other people. You encourage other people. Do you see my point? You become a life giver to other people. Because otherwise we look to, oh man, I'm just going to go church. And all of a sudden things don't all change the way you wanted them to change because it's, you've been holding on. It's just me, Jesus, fill me full. And God's laying, I filled you full. But you're not doing anything with the oil I've given you. And the oil, you know what happens to oil when it sits stagnant? It draws flies. It gets bad. Why? And we just think, I just need to go back and get some, that person to pray for me again. And praise God for that. I have people pray for me. It's a, an important part of our walk with God. But it, somehow, we have defined it as the top-tier important thing. And I'm telling you, one thing that is greater, when you can't find a minister to pray for you. The system of the kingdom is wherever you're at, release what you have. And release, release what you have. It might look insignificant to you, but in the hand of God, it can do the impossible. And when he does the impossible, what you sow shall come back into the quality of your life. I, I love people praying for me, but I enjoy more of praying for people. Because I'm, I step into the flow of the anointing. Instead of just trying to be a, a bowl that receives. You see my point? Please don't misunderstand. Please don't misunderstand that. We still, gonna, we still pray for people on a regular basis. We still pray that people get filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. We still believe in a fresh and filling. Absolutely, absolutely have I made that self, myself super clear. But if we're not careful, we think that's all we need. And then we get filled and we walk away into our old lifestyle. I heard a minister say this and, I, and it stuck with me. Because the problem becomes, we begin to think that a prayer line can replace a renewed mind. 
oh, I just need to get another prayer line. Maybe not. Maybe you do. Maybe not. Maybe you need to get your mind renewed to realize the greatness of God on the inside, the power on the inside, and you need to begin to become a life giver that you were designed to be. And when you... You see, get quiet. It's wrapping up, not because of me. Because some people are like... We, we need to make sure that we're flowing how the king works and operates. And instead of, and praise God, prayer partners, we need them. People of join in faith, we need them. But never forget, hey, that wherever you're at every day, you can wake up and say, God, use me today to be a life giver. Jesus was at the well, the Bible says. He was hungry and so thirsty that he said, I'm going to hang out here. Disciples, go get me some food. And when they got back, he had already encountered a Samaritan woman and had a conversation with her. She went and he told her about her life. And they saw, saw her leaving. And she went and got the whole town and brought him back to Jesus. And they said, Lord, eat. Because they knew he had to be really hungry by now. And he says the most interesting thing. He says, I have food that you do not know of. What do you mean? How can you receive food or energy he said, because I'm doing the will of the Father. He was speaking. He was reconnecting her to life eternal. He was connecting her to the life that was available to him. And when we begin to connect people back into the life that they were designed by God to have, it's going to impact the life that we live on this side of eternity. Do you see that? Do you see that? Say, thank you, Jesus. You're the God of the impossible, and you're doing the impossible for me today. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm not asking you to join a church denomination religion. I'm asking this one question. Is Jesus Christ real to you today in a real and personal way? To me, salvation is one of the greatest miracles. It's not a self-help. It's not trying to be a better person. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Forgiven people. It's a real relationship. Not based on the title of the, of the church. It's based on your heart re- the revelation, an encounter, you can have a real encounter with Jesus and know the way you process and the way you experience and the way you understand that to know without a shadow of doubt that Jesus Christ is real and that he's your Lord and Savior. If you don't today, then this is the day for salvation for you. Don't pass up this opportunity. Or maybe you're here today and you used to serve God. For whatever reason, you've allowed stuff to come between you and God and you know your heart's not right. Let today be that day you come back and say, Lord, I give you my life. If either one are you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Romans 10, <clears throat> Romans 10 tells us that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you do not know the Lord or you want to come back to the Lord and make your, get your heart right, Repeat this prayer. Let it come from your heart. Mean what you're saying. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart 
and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. Say, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now look up here. If you prayed that prayer, if this is the first time you've gotten saved or you've rededicated your life, either one, at the count of three, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet. You're like, why, Pastor? Well, because in my perspective, this is my view, I think that as we get closer to the last days, and we are in the last of the last days, the enemy, the world, it's going to get darker, it's going to get crazier. And I've seen over the years, not here at Hope, but just globally over the years, a certain tenacity has been lost in the church world. Not a rudeness, but an internal strength to stand up against temptation, stand up against the devil, stand up against opposition and people that would talk you out of it. And so I'm going to, I want to speak a blessing over you. There's a scripture that talks about God giving you supernatural strength on the inside. We all need to live a Christian life. You need God's power. It's not you're going to be a different personality, no, but you'll have a strength to say no and what to say yes to. Where before you might have been nervous or just followed the crowd and find yourself, I, you know, I start to do right and then I get around this. No, we, we need a supernatural tenacity in all of us. Can I get an amen? And so if you prayed that prayer, mean business, and you're like, Pastor, I don't like standing up in front of people. I know, I totally get it. But as hard as it is to stand up in front of people in a church for Jesus, if we can't do it here, how do we stand up for Jesus in a world that's trying to talk us out of them? We're going to be clapping. We're going to be celebrating. And I'll speak a quick blessing over it, and then you can sit down. I'm not going to take you to a side room. To me, that's just kind of weird. I, friends that do that, that's their thing. It's not my thing. I, I think if I'm going to do something, I want to talk to you in front of everybody. But if, if you prayed that prayer, mean business, at the count of three. Now, some of you are bold. I encourage you to stand quick to encourage the people who are shy. So the count of three, if you, mean, if you mean business with the Lord, you've just given your heart to the Lord, I want you to stand. Number one, two, three. Stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus. I, thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you both. God bless you both. Three. Four over here. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Keep clapping, church. Thank you. Five. God bless you. Hallelujah. Come on, there's still a few more. We'll give them a few more seconds. Stay standing. Hallelujah, stay standing, stay standing. Anybody else? Amen. Stretch it. You know, the Lord wants, I, I'm not, stay standing. There's still another person. Who, how do I know? I just, the Holy Spirit won't let me move on to the next phase. Who is it? Who is it? Where are you at? We'll give you a few more seconds. Where are you at? Yeah, if your heart's beating, you're like, I'm, thank you. God bless you.
Now, I know there's other people that are like, I'm off the hook. You're really not off the hook, but we'll, we'll let you go. Put your, stretch your hands toward these wonderful people. Welcome to the family of God. Let me speak a blessing over you. Father, I ask you to bless each and every one of them standing. We thank you for their salvation. We thank you that they're a brand new creation. We curse and bind every tactic the enemy has used in the past against them. Anybody with a diabolical evil plot against them to hold them from you, we curse and break that connection. In fact, if they're in their inner circle of friends, Father, I ask you to re relocate that person and bring the right people into their life. We thank you for strength. And according to your word, I speak a blessing. I ask you, Father, to strengthen them right now by the Holy Spirit in their inner person in the name of Jesus. That when they walk out of here, they'll know without not only a question or doubt that they're saved, but they know that they have strength that comes from heaven to stand up and to live for you. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shouted, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.